you may never hear it, but I already had a ten and a half minute beginning to episode three of my podcast that I recorded from my car as I waited for my therapy appointment. And then I pressed pause and went to therapy. And now I'm back home. And I decided to start over. Not because what I said in the other 10 minutes wasn't completely true and accurate, but because I feel more like myself after therapy, and I think I can speak on the same subjects without only speaking from the deepest, darkest part of my experience. Because the last thing I would ever want as a side effect of people listening to this podcast is to feel despair of ever experiencing this level of grief um, and to feel despair at the possibility of them ever healing. Now, I do feel those (laughs) um, off and on throughout the month, sometimes more strongly than others. And this past week happened to be one of the more stronger times of despair. And when you don't have anything in particular in your mind that triggered a cause and response, and it's just, I feel hopeless, and it seems the second I'm alone, even if it's in a public bathroom while I'm at dinner with people, I start crying and I feel utterly hopeless. It can be hard to remember the in-between times that I don't feel that way. Similar to when I had struggled with depression in the past, it's easy to forget the times that you weren't in a depression, which is why it's so important in the in-between to be aware of it, to think, I am content. I am not broken. Maybe even I am happy. Now, I haven't experienced those emotions since losing my mom. But I have experienced pleasant days. I have experienced laughter. I have experienced love. And when other people witness me experiencing these emotions, they feel so excited for me, thinking that it's a step. She's progressed. She's happier, at least. But what they don't know is almost every single time, without fail, the moment the happy experience is over, the moment our guests leave the house, the moment I get home from an activity with friends or from a weekend away. All I feel is mom's absence. All I feel is how empty the world feels without her in it. And so sometimes I wonder if these outings with friends in which They see me seemingly act normal, or at least not broken, are doing a disservice to me. 
is it telling a lie to everyone around me that I'm doing so much better than I actually am? I've come to realize that many of these people will assume that what they see when I choose to be around them is the truth, the constant truth, as opposed to being the abnormality in my life. I save those few times where I feel capable of being around people and semi-enjoying myself. I think, okay, I think I'm there. Let's go do something. Let's utilize the lack of despair and do something. But then somehow it seemingly tells people around me that I've moved on, that I'm not struggling, that I don't still feel so, so empty with a frequency that would truly disturb them. In the past, when I struggled with depression and I felt pointless and I felt like my life was worthless, I had one tool that I gained over time, which was hard-earned after getting through my first depression. When I first experienced joy and lightheartedness and contentment again, I really sat there and meditated on it. I wanted to burn it into my genes, my DNA, so that I would never forget what it was to feel peace in my mind, to feel happy, to enjoy life, to look forward to things, to have hope for the future. So that next time I did have depression, I could at least remind myself that there's an end to this. There's another side of this. To keep going. To keep fighting. And eventually you'll be on the other side. Because I know there's another side. I've experienced it. But with this grief, there is no other side. There is no power through, and then it'll be okay again. Mom's still going to be gone. And I think of how much I miss her now, how much I hurt for missing her, and it hasn't even been a year yet. And I look ahead to my future and think, oh my gosh, it hurts this much being without her for not even a year. How much will it hurt at two years? Five years, 10 years. A family friend just hit a 10 year anniversary of losing her dad. And I just kept breaking down that whole day thinking about it. Thinking about all of the moments he missed with their family, all of the moments they missed with him, the grandchildren he never got to meet the hugs he never got to give, the tears he never got to dry with his own hand, and even attempting 
to picture myself at that point, 10 years without mom, is just so unimaginable. I'd always looked forward to getting to a point where I was so old that people couldn't tell if we were mother and daughter or sisters because we already interact somewhat like sisters sometimes. Listen to the way I said that, interact, present tense. Feels good to speak of her in the present tense. It reminds me that she's still somewhere. It's just not here. Although every once in a while, I'm gifted with a stronger line of connection with her, whatever you want to call it. Dad and I choose to refer to them as heavenly visits. We differentiate between dreams of mom and heavenly visits because there's something so profound and otherworldly in these experiences, something so specific that it's just, it demands to be differentiated from dreams. And so sometimes it feels natural to talk about mom in the present tense because there's times I do feel her presence I feel her love, not just as an idea that it's true, but as a present, almost physical being, an action. She is loving me right now in this pain. Sometimes when I feel a tingle on the right side of my head, as though she's brushing her hand through my hair. Other times when I'm crying in the car, And I don't feel alone. I feel as though she's sitting there with me. So I start talking out loud to her. I talk out loud to her with the same vulnerability that can only come from knowledge that you are truly, deeply loved. That that person who's hearing you wants only the best for you cares for you so deeply. I don't know why sometimes I just completely lose my thought as I just did. I don't know if it's overwhelmed at the love for my mom or if my brain is trying to protect itself from continuing continuing down that thought. It's so strange the way our brains try to protect itself. And yet the defense mechanisms are sometimes the things that upset me the most. In the early days, I would hear people talking about, oh, if mom were here, she would be doing this. She would say that. And I would look at them in confusion because I could never edit my perception to imagine what we were experiencing to have mom. 
So if we had a barbecue, even if I consciously tried, I could not visualize what mom would be doing right now. And I wanted so badly to just sit and imagine that she was going to the grocery store, picking up barbecue chips or something else that we always happened to forget when we had people over. And when I brought it up to my therapist, she told me, your mind doesn't trust you to be able to handle that. It's blocking you. But it's also upsetting you. So she told me there was a way to circumvent my mind, to tell it, it's okay. You can let me feel the pain that comes with remembering what life used to be like. And it worked. And again, there is always a pain that's married with the memories, with the imaginings of what would it be like. But there's also this comfort, this through line that tethers me to my past, that ensures to me that it is still part of my present, even though I am a new person. I'm a different person than I was before April 8th, 2022. But the old me and my old life of growing up in the most loving home, in such a blessed situation where I consider both of my parents best friends, that is still part of me. It hasn't disappeared. It's just that it's now roommates with grief and loss and disillusionment. But there is still a comfort in that, knowing that it's still there. And maybe it's keeping its roommate company, telling it happy stories, and brushing its hand through its hair. <laughs>